0: today the below average joes mma show present the weekend preview and we are talking everything and anything involving ufc 280 including three massive fights dominic charles Oliveira versus islam makachev yeah. aljamain sterling versus tj dillashaw mm-hmm. and pewter Jan versus sean o'malley We're also talking Hasboula, signing with the UFC. And finally, Dana White, starting a slap fighting league. Hmm. All this and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us once again. It's episode 242. We're here to give you guys the preview for the whole weekend but we all know who this weekend belongs to it's the ufc ufc 280 we Mm. do have a little one on amazon prime three actually i think one has two events this week but one of them on amazon prime of course so a little something else for your friday mma fix Mm -hmm. Uh, we will not be previewing any of those fights here but john lineker fighting Fabricio Andrage rematch we'll be talking about that I'm sure on Monday we will not forget this time like I did last time with Angela Lee. Uh, That fight, literally put it in the (laughs) intro and then forgot to talk about it in the episode. Hey, look, you know, it happens, right? Things happen. We ain't perfect, but we're here, Dominic. We're back in the full swing. Things are heating up. It's really going to be just a a marathon from here for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling as we are inching ever so slightly closer to UFC 280.
1: This is probably the most excited I've been to sit down and record an episode, Noah, with you all year. And this calendar year, 2022, mm-hmm. it's the card of the year. It's the fight of the year in Charles Oliveira. It is Islam Makachev. I am absolutely stoked, Noah. It's a, been a great week so far. We're going to have an amazing recording for the, the amazing Below Average Joe's community and... We get to be in each other's presence. I get to hold you ever so closely <laughs> while we're watching this banger of a card. Oh and fights for breakfast. They start at 10 AM. I mean, come on, guys. It's gonna be amazing. And we get to talk about damn near the whole card during this episode. Let's go, Noah. How you
0: doing? I'm doing great. Great. I'm going to have some visitors for like the first time. No, I'm just kidding. I (laughs) I have some family come here and there. But first Mm -hmm. time, I'm going to have some friends down to check out the the new apartment. It's not even new anymore. I've been here since January. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to have everybody here. My people. My people in my humble abode. My new city. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. A lot to do. A lot to prepare for. Get the apartment ready for you guys, yeah. But at the same time, I got to be ready for this. I'm preparing for UFC 280, yeah. I can't let that slip my mind, and it has not right now. Before we get into it, Dominic, I want to tell everybody about a great opportunity they can take advantage of if they would like to wager mm-hmm. on some of the fights happening this Saturday, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, if you'd like to do that, you could do so with Points Bet Sportsbook, yes, yes. They are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show. They have an exclusive offer for you. Dre, right, you, Mm -hmm. the viewer, the listener. Right now, if you sign up with PointsBet Sportsbook, they are going to match 100% of your initial deposit up to $2,000. You can make good on this offer by one of two ways. One, you can go into the description of today's episode, click the link, follow the details there, sign up, boom got it whatever you put that deposit in it's matched bam there second if you want to download the points about sportsbook app first and take a look around you uh. know kind of like ikea you're looking at the furniture you're looking at all this stuff maybe you take a dump in the, one of the toilets at ikea i don't know all let's right. not do that on the points about sportsbook app but you can do so and then when you sign up you just have to make sure you use code mma joe's one more time
1: now oh <clears throat>
0: clear it mma joes okay that sign up and once again that offer is good so please bet responsibly yes but make good on that offer while it lasts and with that dominic it's time to enter ufc 280 let's talk about the main event of the evening for the ufc lightweight title Oof, I hate looking at that number. I one. know wow. next to Charles, but we got to be technical around here. Charles Oliveira technically no longer the champion, but he is the champion has a name. Yes, and it's Charles Oliveira. Now he is technically not making a title defense here. He is trying to reclaim the title that he lost after his last fight with Justin Gaethje, where he came in a half pound over the one hundred and fifty five pound championship limit. So he will be looking to get that title back, but he has to get through the man who has been crowned for years, it seems like, as the the follow-up to Habib. The man who is going to carry that mantle, the future of the division, Islam Makachev, ranked number four in the division right now. Oliveira, long-term champion at this point, underdog, plus 155 as it stands on Points book, Islam, minus 193. Mm-hmm. Some interesting odds there, Dominic, and I'm curious, as you have quite a pulse on this community, you you yeah. definitely know the ins and outs, you seem to understand what the the common man or woman who watches this sport be- believes and thinks, why is Islam Makachev such a heavy favorite here?
1: Yeah, I know, right? That's honestly such an interesting question, because from a fan standpoint, all you hear about, all you see, Charles Oliveira this... Charles oliveira that champion has a name you get it you got what I'm saying but makachev closing it almost a two to one favorite in this fight he's on a what is it now 10 fight win streak Charles oliveira on an 11 fight win streak why is Islam the favorite I I, I still feel like that whole protege of Habib is the gotta be the biggest reason though it really does mm. because when you look at You know, both these win streaks compared to one another, the stronger of the two in terms of resume does go to Charles. Charles is the champion. He's had, you know, numerous finishes in a row now against top five level opponents. Everything that you really look at goes to Charles' way, but you have that whole entire storyline, that camp behind Islam. I really feel like that sways these odds more than the skill set itself because Charles has been the underdog Time and time again, been the underdog in probably every single championship fight that he's had, and he's won every single one of them. But yet, the odds makers don't give a damn, and they're putting him at plus 155 here on the points bet app. It's very interesting. I don't necessarily disagree with Islam being a favorite, I could see it going either way, but being an almost two to one favorite after everything we've seen Charles go through in these fights and still come back and win. That's where I think you lose me on this one. I think it's this is as even money as a fight on paper in terms of the styles as I think you can have. It is literally, as I already said, the intro, the fight of the year for me, for a lot of people. And, uh, I mean, two worlds are going to collide, Noah. The hype, it's been building for so long. Now we finally get to see it, knock on wood, that is, in three days. Give me your thoughts on these odds before you break down the X's and O's.
0: I understand. Yeah. And I fully expected this to be the case. The odds have actually closed a little bit, I believe. That's true. They didn't I yeah. believe when this fight opened, Charles was a legit two to one underdog. Yeah. Uh, maybe even more than that. I understand. Um Islam has looked fantastic. Yep. He's he's got one loss in the UFC, but that was way back in the day, kinda got caught. Yeah. Uh, besides that, he's smash. I mean, he's very Habib like. He does not fight the same way as Habib, right? Necessarily. I mean, they definitely have their strengths that kind of coincide. But he fights. He's a much more elusive, a much more uh, finesse uh-huh. fighter. While Habib is pure like strength and a, yeah. just aggression. Islam right. a little bit different. You know, mm-hmm. not a, quite as sized. Definitely uses more speed, has some very interesting offense that he puts together. With that being said, Dominic, I love these odds. Mm -hmm. You want to know why I love these odds so much? Why? Because people will say, they'll say, I'm done counting out Charles LeBarre. I keep hearing this shit. Oh, I counted him out against... You know Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. I'm done counting them out. And then what's the next words that they say? But Islam's going to win this fight, right? Yeah. You're counting them out by saying that. Yeah. And I hope I hope that people put their money where their mouth is. That minus 193 ain't too much, yeah True. Put some money on that if you really believe so, because I did. <laughs> yes, you I did. put the biggest wager. In this show's history, in yeah. my personal betting history, on Charles Oliveira money line, yeah. The facts are the facts here. Eleven fight win streak for Charles Oliveira against some of the greatest competition, the greatest fighters of this division as it stands. Yeah, Islam Makhachev, very impressive. Yeah, to go ten fights in a row without losing, but, but. I'm just going to ask the question. I'm going to go for it here. Okay.
1: Who's Islam Magachev's best win? If I had to answer that, I guess I'd probably go Dan Hooker. But, yeah, I'd probably go Dan Hooker. In terms of name value specifically, yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think you would probably be right in that assessment. Now, I like Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's a good fighter. I think some people are kind of writing off Dan Hooker. Maybe they shouldn't. But with that being said, compare that to the wins of Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, who was still yeah, that just time. one loss into that streak he was on. Kevin Lee before that. Yeah, I know he's not in the UFC, but still a good fighter.
1: Yeah.
0: Charles Oliveira is born and bred for this moment. He has faced the fire time after time, he's been counted out, he's been knocked down, he's Literally. been nearly finished, and he still comes back yeah, and puts them away. And you may believe that Islam Makachev is ready for this moment. That Islam Makachev is, it's not a matter of if he becomes champion, but when. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you that it is a matter of when. Islam Magachev is going to be champion. But unfortunately for Team Mm. Habib, win is not this Saturday. Because he is going up against one of the best fighters in the entire company. Mm. And, I'm going to take it a step further, Uh the most dangerous man
1: fighting today. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And this is a sport for dangerous men and women, Noah. Yes. So that is a bold claim, and I would have to agree. It, you know, and having the all-time record for submissions, the all-time record for finishes, probably hints toward that dangerous uh, tagline <laughs> that you put on Charles. There, this, this fight is just so intriguing because. You know, As I was digging this morning, and I'm taking down these notes, 11 fight win streak for Charles, 10 for Islam, comparing the wins and losses, great competition on both sides, yes, stronger towards Charles. But I'm like, the fight as a whole, how often do we as MMA fans get blessed to see two fighters coming in on streaks like this? Both (laughs) double-digit win streaks. No, it's almost unprecedented. Mm -hmm. I had to do some digging. The only one that I could think of in my head and had to look up to make sure it was right Daniel Cormier, John Jones for the first time. DC was 15-0. and 0. John had won 11 straight, even though he was technically undefeated, but that was after mm-hmm. the Matt Hamill thing. 15 versus 11. That was the only other one that I feel like is even close to rivaling this type of streaks coming together at UFC 280. This is a special moment. It's a special fight, and I'm so glad that it does feel like they're getting that shine because they 1,000,000% mm-hmm. uh, deserve that shine. So, it, it's just great to see that as a fan.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to I'm gonna calm back down. Calm because back I down. completely understand Islam does have a great chance at winning this fight. He does. Yeah. yeah. But, I saw an interesting comparison on, I want to say it was on Twitter. And I want to see what you think of this. And I know you're not much of a boxing guy. Mm-hmm. But, do you remember when Floyd Mayweather boxed Canelo Alvarez? Like, you know that's happened.
1: Yeah, I do Floyd. know it's happened. Okay. Yes, yes. And that happened
0: back when Canelo was sort of pegged as the future but he had yet to really hit that that level. Okay. And then he goes up against well one of the best boxers of all time. Yeah. And, you know, did it just Floyd just sort of box circles around him. Right. I do wonder if there's a little bit of that in this fight. Now I'm not trying to compare Charles Oliveira to Floyd Mayweather. I mean, right. there's you yeah, know, there's a lot of holes in this comparison, but what I'm trying to say is, I agree with people when they say Islam's a future champion, mm-hmm. inevitable. Yeah, but is it really going to be against this guy, Charles Oliveira, in this moment on Saturday night? Yeah, I just don't believe this is his time. He's got the route. He's got fantastic wrestling, mm-hmm. and if he does get the top position. I know Charles, Charles' amazing jiu-jitsu has a great bottom game. You even saw in the Justin Gaethje fight, those two knockdowns that Gaethje was credited for was really Oliveira getting tagged and going, okay, I'm going to be smart here, go to my back.
1: Come on down. Come down to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he wouldn't do it, obviously. But I do think if Islam holds that top position, I do think that it'll be probably a long night for Oliveira. Yeah. But when this fight stays standing, as every round starts that way, yeah, I think Uli Bear's pressure, I think the evolution of his
1: offense, his aggression. No, his power. Severely his power. underrated. I mean, we're getting to see it lately, but I Just, still would say it's
0: underrated. <laughs> Justin Gaethje said it was the hardest he had ever been hit yeah. in his career, and that man's been hit by some people.
1: <laughs> yes, he has.
0: Um. I think if Charles keeps that pressure going, keeps Islam on the back foot, I think he can finish this fight the way he said it today first round knockout. I really believe that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been Babe Ruthin, you know, pointing that baseball (laughs) back to the field. He's saying it multiple times first round knockout. Islam Makachev's getting put to sleep. And, uh, you know, We've seen Charles face all of this adversity, too. So there's something about seeing someone go through the fire and Mm -hmm. come out the other side, not unscathed, but with the wind, with the belt around his waist. And we just haven't really seen Islam face adversity during this win streak. Like you said, in his loss many years ago, he kind of got caught, right? It was a good shot. He went down. You lose. Sometimes it happens. But during this win streak, I mean, maybe like... The fight with Armand saryukian that was the closest fight that he's probably had, but that was many years ago. That's not the Armand Saryukian that we're seeing now. So it's just like we've seen Charles answer all these questions. So if you're an Islam fan or just an MMA fan, you kind of want to see Islam go through it. Can Mm -hmm. he weather a storm from Charles and pull out an Oliveira against Oliveira? That's another whole other storyline here that we could potentially see um, – what are your thoughts on if Charles can do that you kind of reverse the role from what we've been seeing happen to him?
0: So if he can be the one
1: like what um, will you kind of put it right? Putting Islam on his back foot. Can we see Islam get through that fire? Like we've seen Charles. Oh, do? okay. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> let me admit first by making a blanket statement here, because I know that we have a very, from just previous episodes in the comment sections the Islam fans are probably going to burn not me at stake. Like, yeah. yeah, they are going to burn me at stake, and I understand it. Like again, I support your guy. You should. Yeah. When I'm talking about the win streak and who's his best win, I fully understand it's not his fault that he has not fought the level of competition. Yeah. That Charles has. He's tried. Yeah. He's tried. Yeah. I mean, he was supposed to fight Benil Dariush. Yeah. Obviously, Dariush broke his foot. That's when Bobby Green stepped in yeah. on very late notice. Islam made quick work of him. Bobby Green didn't even land the shot, I don't think.
1: Yeah, so it's fired a a couple times, didn't
0: yeah, come to fruition. Yeah, exactly. And it's not all. It's not like he's the one. He's not a pullout merchant or whatever. Right, right. He's not avoiding big right. fights. I mean, the 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 only time that I feel like we could ever point to where Islam didn't look great due to you know a fight falling through was when he was supposed to step in. Uh, In the spot that Moicano ended up taking against RDA. Yeah. And it turned out it was more of a, I don't know. He really wasn't going, like he was kind of acting like he was going to take the fight, but really had no interest in it or something. I don't know. But again, you can't really put anything on him for that. And every person he's fought since that loss back in the day, he's made them look arbitrary yeah
1: yeah like a lesser man (laughs) yeah
0: i mean even the armand part you're talking about yeah that might be one of the more competitive fights he's had because it got to the 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 scorecards but at the end of the day i mean it was a clean sweep
1: yeah
0: that's armand saryukyan yes i know he's a much better fighter now but so is islam islam is still a young guy you know Mm -hmm. this was much younger versions of themselves at the time yeah so I guess what this all boils down to, Dom, what I want to ask you—I don't know if I really even addressed your question. I understand now. You're good. I understand now the the struggle you face sometimes of addressing my questions. Sometimes you just got to
1: ramble, man. You got to go.
0: But my question is, based on everything we've talked about, I feel like I know your answer. But Islam winning this fight—do you agree with my mindset of? Islam winning this fight would show us something he has yet to show us.
1: Yes. Yes, 100%. It's obviously the biggest test in terms of competition. Um, I think he's. I think he is going to have to face adversity, essentially, for the first time. Meaning that if he wins, he would have gotten through it. So, yeah. yes, 1 million percent. Um, and on the other side, if Charles Oliveira wins this fight, he's the best lightweight of all time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Sorry, that one came out quick.
0: Uh, that one, you ripped that Band-Aid off. <laughs> I mean, I'm the one over here making proclamations and I just guarantees. To just throw it in
1: really fast, that's all. Yeah. Ooh,
0: and by the way,
1: a, that's, you know, Habib's in Islam's corner, by the way, just so everybody knows. So, Wow.
0: Yeah. I'm coming out here with the takes today, man. I like it. I like it. I, I thought I was going to be the one really putting myself on the line. And then Dominic said, brother. <laughs> Damn He's like, I got That's you good. too. Yeah, he yeah. said, "Charles, best lightweight of all time, take that from me." <laughs> and now, so he's trying to take some of that, some of oh, that man. fuel off of me. <laughs> so I appreciate it. No, that was you. Just you jumped in front of a bullet for me right there. Yeah, yeah. Figure but no, out. I. But I, I, we really do have to start asking ourselves that. Like, I understand the past is still a part of the the, the story. It's still a part of his legacy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but just like how we consider someone like Anderson Silva to be a at worst top three fighter yes. in UFC history. Yes. Yes. We count that those, some of those losses he had at the end, but we don't make that the focal point. The focal right. point is how he was in his prime when he was setting records. And exactly. Running through everybody. Yeah. Same with Charles Oliveira, it's almost just the opposite. It's early in his career, he had his struggles. Yes. The weight misses, you know, it was not great. Mm-hmm. But for his legacy right now, this is where he's building it, the the bulk of it anyway.
1: Yeah. And let us not forget that most of those struggles came at 145. At lightweight. That's true. M- not unblemished, but pretty damn close to unblemished. Yeah. So, his,
0: you know. I think his. I could be wrong. I was going to say his only loss at lightweight is to Paul Felder. Yeah, he let's see. Before lost... that,
1: he lost to Ricardo Lamas. He's okay. not a lightweight, so yeah. I he's... know he lost to
0: – didn't he lose to Anthony Pettis at some point? He I lost to Pettis, have, yeah. That might have been featherweight. But be, the point stands that yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I don't know if I would quite say best lightweight of all time. I I, I have to see the fight play out first. but. yeah. I appreciate you putting your neck out there like that. I, that's what we need around here. We need a little bit of like, we need a little bit of talk, a li- or a little less talk, a little more action, and you I, did both right there.
1: I'm telling you, man. I mean, the legacy status for this fight is it's big, massive implications. Yeah. Like I said, if Charles wins, I think he's the best lightweight ever, gets the belt back. If Islam wins, he continues the streak, he puts away his toughest test to date, he carries on the torch that'll be passed to him. It, it doesn't get better than this fight.
0: I I agree. I think we should move on to the co-main event. I think we've said all that needs to be said Mm -hmm. for Olivera Makachev, And, you know, just be kind, people. We get it. You know, we're not, we're not gonna, uh, probably the majority of people watching this are going to feel the other way and probably just as strongly. Yes. But let's all just, you know, let's just enjoy the fight. And you guys, look, I I knew when I've said that, like if if he goes in there and smishes (laughs) Olivera, you can let me have it. But let's wait until the fight happens. You yes, know, let's, exactly. Let's, let's just be fight fans. Let's right. just be fight fans and just love that this fight's actually taking place. And you Exactly. Know, exactly. That's, and that's it. So co-main event, and that's definitely not what's going to happen. People are going to tell me that I'm a fat ass and need to die and stuff like that. And potentially. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> um. And I, you know, I felt bad for Dom. He got told that he needed to go for a run the other day. It's just like...
1: Yeah, I know, right? Come on. Come on, people. Let's stop yeah. being dicks around here. Anyways, quick main event.
0: Yeah. Men's Bantamweight title on the line. Yes. how Sterling? He mm-hmm. is still the champion. Much to, I think, a lot of people's surprise when uh, him and Jan were put together in that rematch earlier this year. Sterling got the win.
1: And he looked great, didn't he?
0: He mm-hmm. did. He... he He looked very good at implementing his game plan, getting the fight to where he needed to get it to, to win that fight. Yes. Great performance. Mm -hmm. He's taking on TJ Dillashaw, the two-time Bantamweight champion, going for his third Bantamweight title reign, which would make him only the second fighter in UFC history to hold three reigns in a single division, first being Randy Couture. So that's pretty Ah. good company there. Okay. So TJ Dillashaw... um, not had a great last couple years. Not at all. Um, the way his uh, second title reign ended, very unfortunate. He went down, tried to kill the flyweight division. Very first ESPN Plus main event against Henry Cejudo. Cejudo pretty much dominated him and beat him in under like 45 seconds. Then TJ, they were kind of planning to do a rematch at Bantamweight. TJ ends up turns out on EPO the Lance Armstrong drug you know
1: yeah eh, not, not good. great
0: yeah so he gets a two-year suspension loses his title comes back very first fight he comes back to main event spot against Corey Sanhagen very controversial yeah most people seem to believe Corey Sanhagen won that fight and I wouldn't argue with that but I do think T.J. Dillashaw really gave a, a performance that was all guts and all heart. Yeah, great fight. Because he tore up his knee in like the first round of that fight and continued the battle through it and still was able to make it a close fight against such a dangerous guy in Corey Sandhagen. Mm-hmm. So... Sterling versus Dillashaw, this is not the fight. It's a great fight, but it's a fight that I think a lot of people are struggling to know who to root for. A lot of people don't like Sterling. A lot of people don't like Dillashaw. So Sterling is the favorite, minus 162. Dillashaw plus 130 as it stands. And I'm going to tell you, Dom, I think these are pretty good odds for this fight. I do. I don't don't think Dillashaw should be a heavy underdog. Yep. Two-time champion, still showing he can compete with the best of the best but I do think Aljamine Sterling coming off that win over Peter Jan being I think he's a bit younger but it it seems like in his fight years anyways it seems like he's very much in his prime yes Yes, he's had some injuries but he seems to be in a really good spot in his career right now to to perhaps make a run here and um I do think that he has the edge in the wrestling, of course. I think if he gets this fight down, he's going to be able to grapple circles around Dillashaw. Dillashaw, very talented everywhere, but it's just, to me, a matter if You look at what he did to Peter Jan yeah, yeah. when the fight was down there. I don't see Dillashaw having much better of a time. <laughs> mm. So for him, the key will be to keep it standing. And he is a dangerous fighter when that fight is standing, for sure. Uh, He's got great kicks. He's finished people with those kicks. Cody Garbrandt, you know, sad. Yes. But I like the odds. I think this is is a pretty accurate representation of this fight, in my opinion. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think Aljo deserves to be a favorite after that performance against Peter Jan that no one really expected him to do. Um, I think I have no issue with a minus 162 for the champ. T.J. hasn't fought since July of 2021. He's coming off of a knee surgery. That's a long layoff. He's banged up. He's 36 now. You know, he's not getting any younger. And as you said, Aljo's kind of in his prime in terms of fight years and real years. At 33 years old, Aljo's going to have a little bit of a size advantage. He's got a four-inch reach advantage. I really am intrigued, Noah, at this fight. It's it's high-level stuff. It is. Mm -hmm. T.J. is a phenomenal fighter. He's very well rounded, as Noah said, just kind of good everywhere. Swiss Army knife. Aljo grapple heavy, very good on mm. the ground, competent on the feet. So I don't want to say a tale of two different styles because TJ's you know pretty good everywhere. Aljo is strong enough on the feet to I think compete with TJ. It's just like where do I think this fight's going to take place the most? Because in a, in a way, like I agree with you on the like if it gets to the mat, I think Sterling does well um, having TJ down there. But we just never really get to see TJ in that situation. So envisioning True. it, envisioning the fight getting to the mat is where I'm struggling the most. So if Sterling can go out and do that, that's that's answering a lot of questions. That's telling me a lot um, as a spectator, as a person that gets to talk about this all the time. So uh, you know, and I want to say, like, is it weird that it almost still feels like, even though Aljo's defending the belt. There's more pressure on TJ? Is that just me? Give me your thoughts there.
0: Um. Uh, yeah, I guess. Because mm. I'm like thinking about it. I mean, there's some pressure on Aljo, but at the same time, he's already exceeded the expectations of the majority of fans. That's a great
1: point, yeah.
0: For TJ, I mean, I don't know what – the pressure is really the – I mean – he's already had two title reigns. He's maybe the best band of weight of all time. Can you really say that there's a lot of pressure on him? I think in a sense there might be because this feels, a lot of people are calling it an undeserved title shot. Mm. Um, Still a lot of people that just really don't like this guy due to the, the, the EPO. And then, you know, maybe if you're still one of the team alpha male guys or whatever, but, um, I don't know. I I don't know if TJ really falls into that. Like, I think he understands his situation. He knows he's not going to really be able to win anybody over. I don't think a win here will win over a ton of people unless this is, like, some all-time fight, which I don't really expect it to be that. Yeah. But um, I, for one, don't really care about the drug stuff now. I mean, TJ served his time. The penalty, yeah. Two years. Didn't make any money during those two years. People didn't like. He came back, got one win, is getting a title fight. I don't really agree with that mindset because let me tell you why. When he, when he got caught and when he was given that two-year suspension, he was the champion of the division. Yes. So I don't think he should have came back and got an immediate title fight. I, I don't think that would right. be right. But he came back and beat Corey Sandhagen, a guy who's fought for an interim title. He is literally one of the elite of the elite of the division. Whether you believe he won the fight or not, judges said he won. Yeah. So why not? Why why is that undeserved? Because to me, he just because you get caught on steroids or EPO or whatever, I don't think that means you lose, like I don't think you drop to the bottom of the division rankings. Yeah. You're just out for two years. You come back. You're given a test to see if you're still that guy. And he kind of showed he's still somewhat that guy. I'm not saying that you're going to like the guy. Right. I I was a Cody Garbrandt dude during (laughs) that whole rivalry. I mean, I wanted Cody to knock his ass out both times. Yeah. But I'm also not going to harp on it because, let's be honest, people. If you gave every fighter in the company, man or woman, truth serum, and asked them if they've ever taken EPO or steroids of any kind, I think you'd be surprised how many people say yes.
1: Oh, that's really a kick to the nuts, but you're probably right, Noah. And And I think that's probably, I don't
0: think that's just MMA. I think that's all sports. I mean, you look at some of these fucking athletes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes, I know, like, how do they get away with it, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist. Yeah,
1: right. Science rules.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not Bill Nye out here. Come on. But I just, I I definitely think that I'm one of those people that believes that, I'm like Nate Diaz. I'm like,
1: everybody on steroids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let us not forget, right? He popped for the 125-pound fight. He never lost that 135-pound belt. And I guess they went and backtracked samples from previous Bantamweight fights, and everything was clean. So, I mean, take with that what you will, guys. But at Bantamweight, he's been so good for so long. Mm -hmm. And honestly, man, like, yeah, two-time champion, but, like, maybe because people don't like him as much and yada, yada, yada. But TJ as a fighter, I think he's underrated, man. I really do in terms of like, you know, the greatness of this 135 pound division. You could argue he is the greatest Bantamweight, depending on who you're asking. So um, how's he going to look, man? A long layoff, like I've already said, off of the surgery. Aljo is really firing on all cylinders right now, it seems. I mean, what's he won? He's won seven fights in a row. Yes, one of them was the knee, but it's a win. So Seven in a row, he hasn't lost in over five or close to five years. I mean, he looks great right now. And if he defends this title, I think you got to start respecting him.
0: I'm going to ask you a question regarding a point you made earlier, Mm -hmm. or just give you my perspective, I guess. When you were talking about how hard it is for you to imagine Mm -hmm. the scenario of this fight where Sterling just kind of. Is able to take Dillashaw down. I don't know if I want to say I will, but take him down enough, like kind of like the Yon fight. Yeah. Very opportunistic, is able to hold that position for almost the entire round, steal that round because of it. Like, my question for you, and why this might tell you why it's hard for you to imagine it, when you really think about when's the last time that TJ Dillashaw fought a very good grappler?
1: That's good. That's good. Like someone who
0: leans on their grappling, like you look at, I mean, I guess Henry Cejudo, but it was on the that feet. fight was forty seconds. So if you look at it, Corey Sandhagen, stand up, yeah, Henry Cejudo, it, it, he does fall into that category, but it was forty seconds. There, there was no wrestling to speak of. Yeah, the two Cody Garbrandt fights before that, mm. Cody Garbrandt, boxer, yeah. Um, before that, what do we got? We got, that John was when Lineker. he, uh, remember
1: when he just dismantled John Lineker, broke his yeah. jaw and everything. Yeah, Dominic Cruz before that.
0: Yeah.
1: You're right. You see, you see what I'm saying? It's been a that's long a great time.
0: Point. Yeah. yeah. And I, and again, I, I don't think that the UFC were like protecting him. I just think that's just how the, the top of the division was shaking up. But I think that's, I, cause I caught myself doing the same thing. I'm like, man, I'm like, TJ just, he's an, I'm like, cause in my head, I'm like, I almost was comparing him to like Robert Whitaker, like a great anti-wrestler. Yeah, and then I just thought a little more about it. and I'm like, well, he might be. Well, who has him. really tested him in that yeah. in that area?
1: That's true. Yeah, I mean, if I'm this fight stays standing,
0: though, if this fight stays standing, I think TJ also. I think TJ strikes circles around Sterling. I think it's kind of like both guys have a clear advantage over the other.
1: Uh, yeah, the way that TJ moves around and is just very quick and elusive, mm. I, I would agree. Yeah, It just... kind of
0: reminds me of like Peter Jan sometimes, and, yeah. or I guess Peter Jan reminds me of Dillashaw sometimes. The way that they move on the feet, they're so good at switching stances.
1: Yeah, TJ's great at that. And
0: Jan yep. did such a good job in the first fight of utilizing that, and... Sterling was kind of had his brain in a pretzel the whole time,
1: yeah, especially as it went on too. Yeah, so. so
0: Dillashaw could pull some similar maneuvers and let's not forget last time Sterling lost, he got head kick KO'd by Marlon Rice, TJ Dillashaw, fantastic head kicks. I'm just saying he put Cody Garbrandt away with one. So yeah,
1: that, that, dude, there's that's the, that's the whole fucking great thing about this card. It's, it's <clears> just so enticing all across the board. And we're about to talk about another one.
0: Yeah, we'll go ahead and get into the feature bout of the evening peter Yan minus 313 favorite versus sean o'malley plus 220. This is the number one ranked uh, Bantamweight outside the champion of course and he's taking on the number 12 ranked sean o'malley. What a lopsided fight dom Oh, wait, <laughs> these odds don't really tell that story. Yes, uh, peter Yan three to one favorite But dominic these odds have gone down Really? Pretty sure when this opened, I thought Sean O'Malley was like a plus 500. Woo! Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I. Dominic, of course, has in one of our previous verbal sparrings, he said that he believed Sean O'Malley would be champion this time next year. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily how Dom feels about this fight, but we may differ on this point of view. Um, I think. Do what you want to do, people.
1: Yeah.
0: But when I look at these odds on Sean O'Malley, I think that, like, how do I word this? Sean O'Malley should be a plus 500, in my opinion.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Like, I think anybody taking Sean O'Malley at this price is kind of being robbed a little bit. Hmm. Not because Sean O'Malley can't win this fight. He can. He's a great fighter. He's perhaps a future champion. He is a future star, kind of already a star in a lot of ways. But I'm looking at the matchup. Yeah, Pudarjan. Let's. T- it's so weird because a lot, a big mindset that the MMA community has is you're only as good as your last fight. A lot of people don't want to admit that. But that tends to be how a lot of the discussion, a lot of the discourse of a fight goes. It's like, how did someone look in their last fight? Right. Jan losing a fight that he was expected to win for the title against Sterling. He was a heavy favorite in that one. Lost a pretty clear 3 2 decision um, has made people question how good Peter Jan is. Like, is he, because I think before that fight, people thought, like how I still do, that he is one of the best fighters in the whole company, like skill for skill. But it seems like in the discourse for this fight, it only works one way. Because I think a lot of people forget Sean O'Malley's last fight with Pedro Munoz. Yes, it ended in a no contest. It was really early in round two. Who knows how the rest of that fight goes. If you made me guess, I would say Sean O'Malley would probably have won that fight. But he wasn't winning that fight. He was actually losing. The first round, he lost to Pedro Munoz. Who knows what would have happened. And I just think it's surprising... That it seems a lot of people are riding with O'Malley here I get it because he's kind of a star He's looked at as the future A little bit of Islam, you know, kind of Vibes going there where you just think it's inevitable that they will be a champion But I'm looking at the matchup here and I think it's a bad matchup for Sean O'Malley I think Peter Jan is a buzzsaw I think this guy is Just so good on the feet I know Sean O'Malley's great on the feet. He's got a reach advantage. He's got all these things. But I don't know if, (laughs) as weird as it is to say, Dom, I think Peter Jan's got a striking advantage here. And I definitely think that he has the trips and capabilities to make this a fight where Sean O'Malley can't just sit in the pocket or at his range and really pick his shots. I think Jan is going to be level changing. Because he can. Yes he's not as good of a grappler as Aljamain Sterling. But he's so well rounded. A much more well rounded fighter. Than Sean is at this point. And I think that even includes the fact. That I think he's a better striker overall. Than Sean O'Malley.
1: Yeah man. And you know you've said time and time again. That Pewter to you is one of the best. Pound for pound fighters in the UFC. So how can you not say. That he's one of the best strikers. And to take it a step further to what you just said, how can you not say that he's a better striker than Sean O'Malley? And when you want to talk about the competition, you know, Peter Jan obviously has faced much higher level competition than Sean O'Malley has um, thus far throughout the UFC. And Yan is just, right now, I think it's pretty clear that he's just much more complete. We've seen a lot more of his skill set, we've seen him evolve over his time much quicker. Um, and you mentioned like the trips and whatnot that he used against Aljo. Why wouldn't he use those here against Sean O'Malley? Not that I'm saying he can't compete on the feet. Obviously, I think he can, but if he can just threaten with those, that puts so much more thinking into Sean's tactics and how he wants to game plan this fight. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think I would agree with you. I think Jan is, pound for pound, all in all, a better striker from what we've seen. What I'm most curious in, to bring it back to you, is going to be the size difference that we have here because we know how big Sean is for a bantamweight. He essentially is a featherweight the way that he walks around. He is going to have a little, what is it here, a four-inch height advantage, a five-inch reach advantage. You know that he always uses his length so well. Can he do it this time against the best striker that he's faced? Because it feels like Jan is going to be able to have those solutions. At least I'm assuming that's what you would think.
0: Yeah, and I guess to go off of more into the whole trips and the level changes that I could see happening here, I think part of the reason why that Munoz-O'Malley fight was pretty lackluster was because Sean had to respect that. Yeah. Pedro Munoz is a great wrestler. I mean, he's a well-rounded fighter, but he can take you down and hold you there. Yeah. And I think that made Sean a little hesitant to get into the fire, to really start picking those shots and doing a lot of the highlight real stuff that you see him do against Chris Moutinho or whoever it might be. Um, And I think he's going to have similar hesitancy here against Jan. I'm not saying he won't win the fight, but I do think he should be a heavy underdog here. I mean, this is a giant leap for this guy. This guy didn't even win against his first attempt at going into the top 10. Yeah, Maybe he would have won. It's not that I don't think Sean O'Malley doesn't have the the skill set or the potential to be in this position, fighting really for a chance to fight for the title here, title yeah. eliminator. I just don't think it's... it's. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record, kind of like how I talked about Islam. I just don't think that time is now. I don't think this is the good matchup for him. I don't think he's prepared for this moment. And I... A broken record moment again. If he wins this fight, it would be by showing me something he has never shown me before.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think can that called, be yeah. done?
0: Yes, because he has the potential, he does have the size and reach advantage that is definitely a weapon. He is a fantastic striker. Yeah, even if I say Jan is overall, I think, more well rounded in the striking, Sean O'Malley is fully capable of throwing some very electric, high level just crazy stuff, and it could work. Yeah, But I do think when it comes to the odds, I'm just going to keep focusing on that. I think people who want to bet O'Malley here, I don't fault you for it. I just think you're being robbed a little bit. I think you should be getting a much better odds than you're getting here.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fascinating, man. And like, like you kind of said, and I've already said too at the level of competition that each guy has faced, Sean O'Malley's never even – I mean, yeah, outside of Pedro, he's never even fought a ranked fighter because Marlon Vera was not ranked at that time when he lost that fight. And he didn't beat Pedro Munoz, like you said. So he's literally jumping into the deepest end of the Mm -hmm. pool possible. And it's crazy that just with that one win, he can hopscotch everybody else. And get to that title fight that a lot of people have been waiting for. I'm going to say right. Experience. I'm going to say
0: rightfully so because if you beat I mean, Peter Gans,
1: exactly, exactly. I don't care what else
0: you've done before. Yeah. That's enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Like them, other people might get upset by that, but I don't see why. Peter a former champion, the man. In a perfect world, not a perfect world, but if in, in a different world, he's still champion because he doesn't throw a stupid illegal knee against Aljamain Sterling and he goes on to win that fight. But that's obviously not the way the cards were dealt, and he did end up losing that rematch fair and square, but he, like I'm saying, I obviously think highly of Jan even more than probably most, but even the biggest of Peter Jan detractors, have to admit, this guy is one of the best in the division and due to being a former champion, being in multiple title fights since then, Sean O'Malley wins this. He's getting a title fight. And honestly, he probably should.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I have to ask this. It probably doesn't fit to the way you just ended, but I have to ask you it because you were big on these odds and how you think Sean (laughs) should be a bigger underdog. So do you almost foresee... Maybe not even predicting, but could you foresee where Peter Jan just literally make Sean look like a plus 500? Like routes him start to finish.
0: That's hard to say. It's hard to picture it, right?
1: And you almost have to think, like, can Sean win a decision against Peter Jan? Or is he going to have to put him out? Well,
0: what's weird is I feel like this fight's going the distance either way. I really believe that. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong, obviously, but I think you're going to see some hesitancy with both guys. Sean due to the respect for Jan's well-rounded game, Jan because he was he was very confident going into his last fight. Yeah. And he got beat. Yeah. He was a heavy favorite and everything. There's probably a little bit of hesitancy to not fall victim to that again. Mm. So I think it could be a bit slow, a little bit like Munoz O'Malley in the beginning, and then things might start to heat up as both guys get more comfortable and kind of start realizing we gotta really go for this. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going the distance either way. And I do I think he ends up making him look like a plus five hundred? Probably not. I don't think he quite I don't if if the fight goes how I picture it, I'm not sure if Jan does enough to say that Mm. but I think he does enough to win probably every round of this pretty decisive okay yeah I just think O'Malley may have his moments but I could see this being a I hope it's not but if you made me predict it I'd say this might end up being kind of a disappointing fight Mm.
1: yeah I hope not man I don't want
0: to put I really shouldn't even have said that I don't want to put those bad vibes out there but it's just if you made me put a gun to my head and said how do you think this fight's gonna go that's just kind of how I'm feeling about it I don't know yeah, I could see that. I can see. But that. I'm still excited obviously and I hope for the best. Here. Yeah. Amen. I can't wait till I'm wrong about everything I've said
1: in this episode. Just <laughs> Oh, man. Monday's going to be fun.
0: Let's get into a couple headlines, Dominic, and they are the headest of lines. That's a new one. That is a new one. Hasbulla. Come on. <laughs> he signed with the UFC. Damn right. He is going to fight in the Octagon. That's that's what he said. And the UFC liked that picture, so. I, mean. I don't blame them. Uh, the opponent has been confirmed. We will see Hazbula take on Mike Jackson uh, come the end of the year.
1: Oh, um, <laughs> Good boy! Anyways, is CM Punk available? Oh <laughs> my! <laughs>
0: Well, I, I I know we're not. This isn't a wrestling podcast, but I think he does have some time on his hands. I'm pretty sure he just got released from AEW, so Sheesh. due to the due to getting into a altercation backstage. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. Wrestling heads can confirm or deny. But Osbula signed to the UFC. Dom, any thoughts here? Like, okay, obviously he's probably not going to actually fight, but like. What do you think this is more of a merchandising deal? They already released some merch for him. You think it's mostly that? Maybe they put him in the video game. Like what do you do you think this goes any further than that?
1: Imagine dude, I actually didn't even think about that. Imagine you could play as Hasbullah in the video game against Francis and or something. (laughs) I don't know
0: how that's gonna work. That
1: I could see a world in which that happens. I really could. Um obviously guys, I don't think a fight is happening like Hasbullah said. But um, I don't hate this at all. I mean, I think the guy's very entertaining. I think it's fun. Um, I, I think it's just cool. Like, I don't need to see him fight with the uh, Abdu. The, other, <laughs> the Abdu-Rozik. Yeah, the, the rivalry thing. Like, I just think that it's lighthearted. I don't know. It's just fun for me to see. It's not like I'm over the moon for it like I was at one point in time. But I think it's cool. He's there for fight week with Islam Makachev. The UFC's posting videos of him rolling up in a sick-ass little car he's got some sweet drip he's got a gucci bag hanging down the side he, he's dripped from head to toe really? man he's got more su- yeah more swag than i'll ever have i don't know really if it's did. actually gucci someone has gonna have to confirm that but did you uh, really call it a little car i don't think i said little car roll the tape the ufc's posted videos of him rolling up in a sick ass little car <laughs>
0: yeah. i hope See, i didn't say i little told car. you
1: really sick ass car though um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't like merch, <laughs> video game.
0: Maybe some like Promotion. content for maybe some something for uh, Fight Pass, like maybe, content. Uh, some original yeah. TV, like maybe a little show. Fighters. Yeah, they did that Chase Hooper Ben Askren little thing, like almost like a show yeah, type deal. Yeah. Like maybe they do Nothing a Hazbula,
1: like which is cool. Fucking you know cool. what I would
0: like to see? I'd like to see Hazbula versus Abdu Rozik. In the new Dana White slap fighting league, let's talk about that. Yeah, Dana White slap fighting league is officially uh, a thing. So, what, Dana that's White. what
1: he actually does,
0: scenes just for the record, Dom, Dominic called it a little car. Is there anything else you'd like to call little about him?
1: I don't, if I said little car, <laughs> I want to personally apologize as bull. Well. I no, didn't mean it. It was a no, it was a. Slip You're on to something here. The slap fight. It makes sense.
0: The main event of the first Dana White slap fighting league. They're going to put it on pay-per-view because they don't have a network partner. And it's going to sell probably more than the pay-per-view this weekend.
1: Yeah. Point blank period.
0: Because Hasboula is fighting Abdul-Rozik in a Slap This fight. clip
1: is going to be saved, and this will be released when that fight gets announced. Because, no, I'm not kidding you. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That is what is going to happen in this Slap League. Yep. Wow. Good thing we... See, we added these on last minute. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it <laughs> that Noah had that in the brain?
0: Wow. Yeah, I honestly, it just kind of came out. Just rolled off time. I was just trying to transition.
1: Oh, it was more than a transition. You blew my mind.
0: <laughs> well, let's so let's just uh, I mean, we don't really have to talk about this too much. But Dana starting this new thing. They're yeah. going to hold events at the Apex. Yeah. Um are you in? Are you going to be watching the first Dana White Slap uh, Fighting League?
1: Only if it is Hasbullah and Abdul (laughs) Razak. Like, I will never watch another one again, and I'll probably only watch one fight on that card if that's actually the case. Yeah, I'll probably never watch it. I see the clips all the time on like Twitter and stuff, but I didn't know it was like such a big deal, apparently. But, you know, Hunter Campbell going on and on about it in this interview that I read. I mean, hey, man.
0: Yeah, let me put it like this. Uh, I'm trying to find the words here. Uh, This is some janky ass shit.
1: It's odd. Odd Janky
0: as fuck. What's janky mean? Well, it's not a good, it's not a term of endearment. Yeah. Um. I I feel like I'm in I woke up in like a different time. Like I'm just like what Dana White's starting a slap fighting league. I'm like, what? Like what year is it? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, what 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 am I doing here? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's just this. See, this is really weird. So I mean, this is Zufa boxing, right? <laughs> so all the resources that went into Zufa boxing. Have been turned into Dana White's slap fighting league. I mean, what a what a what a time!
1: Dana said, "Fuck all the drama in boxing. We're going to the slap fighting." Now go.
0: we got to see him versus Nate Diaz in a slap fight. Have you ever seen that clip? Nate Diaz smacking yes. old Dana White. You almost have
1: to have Nate headline first card because of the Stockton slap. I'd watch it. Dana White versus T. Ortiz slap fight. <laughs>
0: Ooh, there we go. Now
1: we're Co main event to Hezbollah, though. Hezbollah main event, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah, now we're talking. Now we're yeah. talking. How about Daniel Cormier versus Dominic Cruz?
1: Oh, so a
0: little beef. Okay. Yep, yep. And then we kick off the main
1: card, the Battle of the Joes.
0: Yep, that's true. And I would beat your motherfucking
1: ass. I'll take a dive and we'll get you <laughs> knocked out of the ear.
0: Yeah. Brendan Fitzgerald versus John Anik. Why
1: not? Why not, right? The more, the merrier.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: that was it for that. Yeah, what are we
0: doing? doing? (laughs) So let's get into the rest of UFC 280. Benil Dariush taking on Matos Gamrod. This will be on your main card. Uh, Been a tough little time for uh, Benil Dariush. He's been really trying to fight to garner the respect and and credit that he deserves. He was put in a main event against Islam Makachev. That was set to be the biggest Win of his career, if he could get that win. Biggest fight of his career, for sure. And then he breaks his uh, ankle or breaks his foot um, while sparring in a cage. Unfortunately, he has to pull out. We haven't seen him since. He decided to not get surgery yeah. on the injured foot.
1: Just let it heal.
0: Just let it heal. Old natural Like our ancestors used to do when they were wiping their ass with leaves and stuff.
1: Right. Or just right. they were just doing what the
0: Liver King was doing. That's what they were doing. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. right. Yeah, right. Um, and he's going up against an absolute savage, Matos Gamrot. Gamrot really crashing onto the scene in a big way with his main event spot that we were very supportive of, by the way. Absolutely. Where he won a very contested, close decision against Armand Saryukian. Yeah. So... Gamrod is your favorite. Mm. He is ranked number nine. Darius ranked number six. I got to be honest, Dom. I Darush is one of our guys. He's been a guy we've been high on for a while. We've been supporting, but I think he's even reached the level we didn't realize he was capable of. Yep. Like, yeah, now he's ranked number six. But when he beat Tony Ferguson, I mean, he's he was right legit, there. like number three in the in the world. Yeah. And I and I don't as much as I've liked the guy and supported him. I wasn't even thinking that. For him, I was thinking like top 10,
1: you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. This fight, I'm very concerned for Darius in this fight. Oh,
1: okay, interesting. So,
0: it's not, and again, I don't want to look too much into like, not necessarily a a, a mindset of you're only as good as your last fight, because Darius looked good in his last fight, but... Dariush coming in with this injury that he had that he just kind of let heal, didn't get surgery on, while Gamrot looked terrific when the fight was in the grappling exchanges against Armand. But that is a concern for me, Dom, that Dariush, I, I, I'm i a little worried that the man did not give himself the proper time and care to really let this injury heal. Maybe this is more common, you know, especially when you got savages like MMA fighters yeah. You know, dealing with injuries. Maybe this is kind of a common thing. You just let this an injury that's that severe just heal. But I, I don't love it. I don't love it. I feel like we could be coming into some sort of TKO due to injury. You know, God forbid. But um, Matos Gamrod, I feel like is coming in not only with confidence at an all-time high, but also maybe not 100% because whoever is 100% when they step in the cage. But no injuries to speak of as far as we know. And has fought remarkably over the last few fights of his. So I'm a bit concerned for Dariush. I think there's a lot of things working against Dariush right now. Because this is the fight that if Dariush wins, he could really finally hit that. He could be right there for that title fight. And this feels like the moment he may slip. If, yeah. if, 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 I'm I'm very concerned. How are you feeling about this fight?
1: Uh, I would say I'm concerned as well as a Benny Daryush fan. Shout out Chael Sonnen. And I want to say that because, you know, Darush has been known. He didn't end up in the Toadie Ferguson fight. That was a bit dull, right? He did what he had to do, got a good win. I'm not taking anything away. But before that, he's been known to scrap a little, Noah. Been known to throw the leather around, if you will. I don't think that's going to fly against a guy like my toast camera, man. I think Matos Gamrot is a high-level striker right now. He looked great back and forth with Armand Saryukian. And on the ground, I don't see a world in which Daryush can do to Gamrot what he did to a Tony Ferguson. So um, I, this this could be where that long win streak stops. I mean, he's won seven in a row now, but these, he's had long layoffs. He's had this injury now, and he's coming into a killer, someone that is mm. surging a future Title contender, I'll just say that, for Matosa Gamrot. It's a uh, dangerous fight, one that he surely didn't have to take One like this. but So respect to him for taking it. But uh, I think right now, the way both careers are going, Gamrot kind of checks every box in this one to me, man. It'd be huge if Darius can come back and get a win like this over a surging guy. But if Gamrot can come in and steamroll through Darius or just get a big win, that says a lot for him too, man.
0: I got to see how these grappling exchanges go, Dom, because I was surprised at how thoroughly Gamrot seemed to not only go for the takedowns against Saryukyan, who's a very well-rounded fighter, but also just seemed to really win all those exchanges when it went there. Mm. I expect Gamrot to be the better grappler. I expect him to go for that. But also, Daryush is a very good grappler. He's a very good wrestler. He's shown that. Now there's levels to this game. We'll see. But it, would it shock me if Dariush was able to kind of get the upper hand in some of those exchanges? I don't think it would. But I just can't shake this this bad vibes I'm feeling for Dariush in this fight. I think it's all set up. It feels like it's set up against him. He's doomed to fail almost in this fight.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate.
0: We'll see. Next one, Caitlin Chukagian, who just refuses to give up that number one spot in the Mm. women's flyweight division. This could be the one, Dom. Maybe. If she gets a win here over Manon Fior, who's ranked number seven, this could be her chance to somehow, some way, find herself in another title fight. Um, Manon is obviously a very uh, highly touted, uh, She's not really a prospect anymore, but she was a very highly touted prospect who seems to be making good on that potential, has steadily improved over her last few fights. She's going up against the most consistent of this division, Caitlin Chukagian. It may not be the most entertaining all the time, the Amanda Hebas fight, her last one notwithstanding. That was a good one, yeah. But credit where credit's due, she's... Good. I mean, that's that's all you can really say. She's a good fighter. Is yeah. she good enough to beat Valentina Shevchenko? Hell
1: no. Right. But, but everybody else. She's
0: literally beaten everybody else except for Andrade, of course, who's no longer in the division. Right. So, Dominic, I'm just going to ask you straight up. We don't do a lot of predictions on here, but I'm going to make you give one. Mm. Is this the time that Caitlin finally lets someone else slide into that number one spot? Does she lose this fight to Manon
1: Fior? Uh, I like Manon Fior a lot. We got to see her live in Columbus. But Caitlin Chukagian's almost a plus, plus 200 underdog. She's plus 180. That's surprising. That is insane. Caitlin Chukagian, by decision, is calling my name, <laughs> Noah. You know how it goes with that and Andre Arlovsky, by decision. If anyone can take that number one away, I do think it would be Manon. Because mm. Manon's good at... Everywhere that Caitlyn is good. But I worry that Caitlyn has just fought so much better competition. Literally everyone down the list she's fought. Manon's biggest test with Jennifer Maya, it wasn't that great. I thought on paper she should have really decisively won that. But she got involved in some grappling, which, you know, we got to see another side of her game. So I respect that, but it just wasn't the performance I felt I needed. She um, she
0: won the fight, but she should have, like, dominated the it's fight. It's
1: very forgettable. Yeah, it's very forgettable. And I just think K is so good at utilizing her range, picking her shots, and keeping her opponents away from her, unless it is just Kondraj or Valentina Shevshako. And Manon doesn't really have that type of style because she likes to point point fight, pick shots at range. She was like, I don't know if it was necessarily a like, karate but she's some sort of striking champion from france i forget what it was someone can fill me in in the comments but uh again man when every everywhere that you're good at is the same as caitlin i feel like i have to lean caitlin as much as it is would be a refresher to get the fresh bullet in there Manon get in and be five and in the ufc then challenge valentina that's a great fight on paper right i just don't know i i, I have a hard time seeing her win this i do
0: I think a big part of Chukagian's success is the fight IQ. And that goes hand in hand with the fact that she's battle tested. Yeah. She's fought pretty much everybody that's been in and around the top of this division. But I also think a bit of an underrated part of her game is the size. I mean, she, she is just a large, very long. Yeah. I don't want to say large. Like she's just a very, she's, just bigger than her opponents I mean, a lot of times, and yeah. um, it's hard to keep her at a distance. It's hard to not allow her inside of a, you know, a clinch or whatever because she's just so long and big. And um, Fjord, that'll be an interesting test to see how she manages that because she does like to keep fights at a distance. She likes yeah. to pick her shots. If Chukagin gets this fight in on the mat, I think it's I think it's a tough think it's tough for Manon because I think she did show some holes against Jennifer Maya and Chukagian. We know she's no stranger to, you know, lay and pray for three rounds. It's, it's happened many a times.
1: And we know that she's going to look the exact same in round three as she does in round one. She does mm-hmm. not waver. So
0: we'll yeah. see. Very true. The headliner of our prelims sees my favorite fighter in the world, Bilal Muhammad yep. taking on Sean Brady, no relation to Tom so Dominic, <laughs>
1: um,
0: shout out Tom Brady, man. My yeah. man's going through it. Yeah, divorce rumors. It's it's tough out there. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Sean Brady is not going through that. He is looking to really crash into this top five here. But now, Bellam Muhammad, you know my favorite fighter in the world. As I just said, I'll reiterate that. Um, he has definitely um, what's the word over-exceeded majority of expectations. Mm. He's another guy that feels like he's kind of counted out each time. He was kind of counted out against Wonderboy and then Luke A. And really he just keeps showing he's getting better. He is. So all jokes aside about the favorite fighter thing cuz really I just I, I don't like watching the guy fight that much. But I have to admit like the Luke A performance. I mean that was a pretty thorough like outclassing of yeah. Luke a. Yes. And he did it with the grappling. He did it on the feet. He did it with his pressure. I'm a little surprised he's an underdog. Sean Brady's terrific and has a lot of potential. But I think as even though he won against Michael and that's an a impressive win. It's one of the fights that sticks out to me as like the most. It was the most someone could lose in a win that I've ever seen.
1: Yes, the final round of that fight where Kiesa nearly had finishes and really put the pressure on and gassed out Brady stands out to me more than anything that happened in the first two rounds with Sean Brady, you know? Yeah, it's weird, uh,
0: right? Like, it just feels like when I walk away from that fight, I felt like Kiesa got the better of him, but yet it was a clear victory for Brady. It's just like...
1: You're kind of like, "Uh uh-oh, you know? It I've opened never, our I, eyes a like, little.
0: It was, a guy, it was his biggest fight for Sean Brady. He wins the fight, and yet I walked away having more questions about how he can really compete at the top of this division than answers. And that's not usually how that goes when you're given your toughest test and it's your entryway to the top 10. And it's against a guy like Chiesa who's very good. Yeah, but That's what happened. And. If the Bilal Muhammad who fought against Luque shows up here,
1: I don't see how he loses this fight. i got to be honest. I think I would agree, and I am a bit surprised that he's an underdog. What is it, like plus 116 or something like that? And The the, the thing is, these guys are both known to just grapple the shit out of their opponents. So, like, what's it going to be? Is it going to cancel each other out, or... Are we going to see someone's grappling overtake the other? That's that's the biggest question What's here. weird Sean, is I think
0: Sean Brady's got a, a higher pedigree
1: of wrestling. And I think he's just going to be physically stronger. Yes. Bilal's jacked, but Sean yeah. Brady's just like, Sean's pretty big. thick.
0: So big what's weird is Bilal's route to victory here might be to keep this fight standing and just keep that pressure on him because you saw Sean Brady has a long way to go in making himself a well-rounded fighter.
1: Yeah, and I actually want to give a... I'm glad you actually said that because I don't know if anybody remembers this fight, but if you have watched Bilal Muhammad versus Diego Lima, that fight was hardly ever on the ground. That was actually all pressure by Bilal. Keeping Diego Lima against the fence, he kicked the shit out of Diego's legs and just pressured, pressured, pressured. Never really had the fight on the ground that much, but he just pressured all 15 minutes. Diego had no answers. So, if the grappling cancels out or if Bilal doesn't really want to get down there with Sean in the event that he may have some worries. You've shown that you can do that. You've shown, or I shouldn't say that, you've seen that Sean Brady can waver as a fight goes on. Maybe that is the route that Bilal takes in this fight.
0: Last one. I was going to say something else, but I'm like, you know what? I think we, we, we got that one Nailed it. bag. Nailed it. Volkan no time. Taking on Nikita Krylov. I, I never know how to say his last name. Krylov.
1: You just can't get on this Krylov. guy's good foot, you know? <laughs> I, man, people are starting to think, this dude don't know anything
0: about Nikita. Because I did say, I think I called him a boring fighter and the man's <laughs> only finished yeah. like almost every fight in his career. That's a bit of recency bias. I was, I was thinking of the Johnny Walker he fight. Had two, you know, yeah, he you know, had
1: two bad ones, yeah.
0: That's, that's me doing what I try to tell people not to do so you know do as i say not as i do it's like i'm smoking a cigarette over here right yeah yeah um another matchup where i'm surprised at the odds on this one i am nikita looked great when he fought gustafson he got him out of there quickly he did but that is not the alexander gustafson that was fighting john jones for the title twice and getting great wins over Glover Teixeira and stuff. That, that was a much more compromised version of Gus. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think Vulcan has been doing pretty well. I mean, his fight with Paul Craig was weird. What
1: the hell? <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: But that's not a knock on Vulcan. It was just, you know, Paul Craig, you know, put in the it's clip. This, it's his cool. Yeah. Yeah. Put in the clip, yeah. You are sporting the traditional Scottish kilt. What is under? Yes, please. UIC? see? It's my, it's my, it's my... Your kibbles and bits? It's my it's my cock. No. But uh, he just, that's, he fights his, he's a weird, weird fighter, man, Paul Craig is, and um, I don't think Vulcan should be too, I feel like he's kind of being almost punished based on these odds. <laughs> I just read your, <sighs> I just read Dominic, he just put a note, so we have a... <laughs> I gotta I gotta give a behind the scenes here. <laughs> so we so we have like a bit of an outline for our episodes. Yeah. So we're just going down and I it got, just keeps us on it, track.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got it pulled up
0: on our phones. So whenever there's times that Dominic needs to cut something out or if he needs to put in a clip of something, he'll make a note while we're recording to do that. <laughs> and, I it's helped me, and I just down and I see him type it in put it in the cock. <laughs> oh man that's that's good shit out there (laughs) but yes vulcan who's the mirror and so this is not about this fight has nothing to do with uh our man paul craig yeah but for vulcan and nikita like i expect this fight to be pretty violent i do really okay um, i hope so which is weird because both guys are known for that
1: apparently yeah.
0: not known to me for. Nikita. It's more so but.
1: Vulcan lately, is the one you got. But worry I was about. about
0: to say with both guys, though, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen. I mean, yes, Nikita knocked out Gus, but think of like long, the last few years. Yeah, these are two guys that are best known for being kind of violent and heavy hitters and stuff, but we haven't seen a ton of it from the two of them the last few years. Yeah, but I feel like the styles are mixing well to where we'll kind of get a pretty thorough finish here. Maybe I don't know. That's that's the way I'm leaning. Maybe I, I don't feel super confident about that. Like it's not something ah, I'm gonna bet. It's
1: an iffy. But
0: one. um, But you like Vulcan as an underdog. Oh, I do. I do like Vulcan yeah. as an underdog big time. I mean, Nikita, look, <laughs> look. Uh, I get it. I don't. I obviously do. I'm you not, hate the guy. Yeah. I'm not the most well versed <laughs> in this man's career, but um, I've been I've been liking what I've been seeing from Vulcan. over yeah. You know, I just at least enough to where I value it more than what I've seen in this fight. Kirov. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I just think the styles. I think the heavy hands of Vulcan and the fact that he does seem to be putting together a pretty decent fight IQ. You look at the way he fought Paul Craig. I think it's a good recipe for him to get a win.
1: Yeah, yeah. I could see it being a quick firefight or something to where, especially like the side of Vulcan, if he wins, he kind of just does what he needs to do. Stay safe, wins the fight, turns it into two in a row.
0: Yeah, very true. Um, Before we get into closing statements, I want to remind everybody that if you would like to see the, the plays that we have for the weekend, you can do so by following us. On our below average Joe's MMA show Twitter and Instagram at the Bajma. It's so great. The Baj MMA Dominic usually posts the the picks for the week on Friday or Saturday, one of the two. Um, so we'll have those on there, um, and also just make sure to follow us there. You can also follow Dominic on Twitter, or Instagram at D fourteen. You can follow yes. myself on Twitter or Instagram at. T-W-I-S underscore betting. Oh,
1: shit, I forgot you changed it. I was like, what's I, he I, saying right now? Yeah,
0: I've been changing <laughs> it a lot, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, there is only one way we end the show around here, Dom, and that's with the little thing called closing statements, the point mm-hmm. of the show where me and Dominic talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, closing statements for
1: today. I had a question pop into my head earlier today, mm-hmm. sitting at work, taking my notes, and I thought, We'll use this one. I don't think it's very, like, you know, hotly debated. It's not going to get us riled up in a in a tizzy. Mm. I think they said that in Drake and Josh once. In a tizzy? I'm going to try and find the clip. I'm going to have to put tizzy on the script. Go put on your swimsuit and then and, and take a long time doing it. Oh, no,
0: no, no. I'm not putting on a swimsuit in front of two teenage boys. i going to get your hormones all in a tizzy.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, Noah, you know, and what made me think of this, is that I came home today and I had leftover wings from roosters, by the way. Lovely. Put them in the air fryer. And that, that reiterated the thought that crossed my mind before that, and I'm thinking, what is kind of like the best food or the food that is just as good, dare I say, if not better than fresh at the restaurant? There's a lot of foods out there, and to me... One that always gets to me that I think is just as good as I'm getting it right from the store and bringing it home and eating it or eating it there. Hothead and or Chipotle warmed up. If need be, the next day is just as good as having it fresh out of the oven. I want to get your thoughts on if you have any of those.
0: So this might be a food sin for me for once, Mm -hmm. um, if I'm being honest with you. I'm notorious in my household for whenever I have leftovers or whenever I'm eating leftovers. I don't heat them up. Oh. Well, it depends on the item. Chicken wings. Pizza. Burgers. Oh, you lost me there.
1: You lost me there. Yeah, lost me there.
0: I do not heat up leftovers. I don't. Hmm. Hot dogs. Anything.
1: Oh my, you're really fucking with me now. Wow, you had any yeah. chicken wing pizza? My mom's big on Notorious on the chicken wings. Everybody likes cold pizza now and then. Burger, cold, hot dog cold. Holy shit. Threw me off with that one. You yeah. got me. You got me, kid. I legit
0: eat everything cold that's left over.
1: May I ask why?
0: I think it started as laziness.
1: I mean, you're, you're going in, pulling out the container, cold glizzy down the mountain. <laughs> Well, put it on a bun. Cold glizzy on a bun <laughs> with ketchup, with anything plain glizzy. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. just
0: no, no, no. I mean, you put some shit on it. Okay, but, but cold glizzy. But cold glizzy. Hmm. Same. Now with this burger. is this is now. Uh, let me make it clear. I'm not talking about like prepackaged hot dogs and like
1: like it was grilled the night. before. It was grilled
0: the night before. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know if that makes it much better, but to <laughs> me it is. Like, I can't eat. That's what's weird. I can't pull out like a hot dog from my fridge right now well, and yeah. eat it cold. I think yeah. that's gross. Yeah, But if it's grilled the night before and then I put it in it's the still refrigerator cold. overnight, yeah. then I, it's fine. I think it started as laziness. Yeah, like I'm that lazy. I pull out and I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to wait. Yeah. I just want to eat it now.
1: Yeah. Dang. By the way, I do
0: have a frozen pizza, by the way. Or not frozen, cold pizza. That is a market that is just dying to be entered. Oh, you've told me this before. Yeah, freeze cheese. And cheezing. my my cold pizza shop idea. Stoners would go
1: nuts. Presented by the Blue Average Joes.
0: Really, you're trying to take my pizza <laughs> idea? <laughs> really? Am I can I not be my own person outside of this show? Fair. Just make
1: one of your types of pizzas called the leverage Joe.
0: Yeah, I'll call it the the. Joey. I don't know what
1: type of yeah the Joey. Wonder what to, what toppings would go on the Joey.
0: Well, I pineapple. Think, no, I was about good. to say it has to be pineapple. It has to be here. cold though. It has to be cold. I'm thinking pineapple, maybe some grilled chicken.
1: Pineapple, grilled chicken, green and... peppers. Green peppers and... Mushrooms? Green olives. No, I like green olives. Oh, Jesus. Coming from the guy that's throwing cold glizzies down his <laughs> mouth. Talking about the... Anyway. What kind of
0: monster loves green <sighs> olives?
1: That Imagine that. Pineapple. Grilled chicken. Green peppers. Green olives. Mushrooms. Cold. Don't forget the cheese. Woo. <laughs> If you would
0: have said black olives, I'd be fine with it. But you said fucking green.
1: Oh, see, now you're giving me a whole other debate, and we can't debate it now because we I can. already asked I refuse.
0: We've done a lot of food debates on here. I refuse to debate fucking olives. We I just want to just make, make that it. clear. We
1: may just have to do it.
0: That's that is that's literally the Titanic. That's rearranging chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> that clip of debating olives is going nowhere. But into the iceberg.
1: Well, green olives are better, (laughs) just so you know.
0: Stop. (laughs) It's not going to work. All right. It's Um, not going to work. But black olives are better. Anyways, so I didn't have a segue there. I didn't have something ready. Um, Uh, For my
1: closing statement today. We've had a couple moments today, I tell you.
0: Yeah, it has been quite a day.
1: And our com- my computer exploded, by the way. You guys don't know this, but it did, yeah.
0: You can probably tell in the lead-up if you're watching. You <laughs> yeah. can probably tell Dominic starts going haywire at some <laughs> yeah. point. Um, for me, so I, I've been on a true crime kick lately.
1: It seems um, like the whole country is right now. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, it's nothing, you know, I'm not being, um, what's the word? Like, it, it's not unique. Everybody is, but like I'm not someone who's always into it, you know. Yeah. But I do get really into these videos that break down like interrogation footage and stuff, and kind of tell the stories of these trials. I think it's very interesting. So lately, I've been on one of those kicks again. If any of you watch this kind of stuff, you know JCS, you know the, the Matt Orchard, these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really spook me, man. Like I got into it for the first time late last year for when I was still at Bowling Green and like, yeah, I had a roommate, but man, I would like be watching them. I'd like hear shit out my window. Be like, what "The fuck's going on out there. Yeah. Start getting paranoid a little bit. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky season. So I was watching them last night in the living room on the couch. It's almost one in the morning. I couldn't really sleep. You know, it's just, watching Oh boy. And I started hearing a bunch of people outside my door. So I spring into action, like everybody would do. Yeah. And I, I wanna and I, I'm trying to listen to what I'm hearing because they're like loud banging, there's yelling. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. But I can't make out any of the words. So I walk over to my door, I look through my peephole, mm-hmm. and The race doesn't matter, but I'm just going to mention it to just because of the language barrier here. I see like 16 Asian people just scattered about the foyer or whatever outside my door. Huh. I mean, yelling, banging. Were they
1: hitting your door?
0: No, just like I, I think... I don't think all of them live there. It's, like, I mean, it was legit like 12 to 16 people. Yeah. But I think either one or a couple might be the neighbors next to me because I would hear freaking banging against the wall and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So once I looked at my people and, I, and that's what I saw, which, again, it could have been any type of person. It could have been a white person, black people, whatever. But you don't see a whole lot of that in Indiana. (laughs) You just don't. Yeah. And, uh, I realized that I had seen enough for tonight and I just went to bed. I said, I can't do this. I said, am I, this is really how I'm like,
1: were you able to fall asleep?
0: I was because I, I just, I don't know. I was expecting something crazy. And it was crazy, but it was almost like a... Uh, very unexpected. Like, it was like, man, I've lost my mind. Like, I need to go to bed. Like, it was yeah. almost like I didn't believe that what I was seeing was real. Wow.
1: That, yeah,
0: that's interesting. So, be careful with the true crime, people. It fucks with your brain. Peepholes are just scary, huh? Yeah, it's very true. Mm. But thank God for them. True. I'm Noah Baker, that's Dominic Salih. We are But Just Two with the Below
1: Average Shows, and we'll see you guys on Monday.